The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Benjamin Franklin had a friend who did a hat company. It was Tom Smith, maker of hats. And Ben said, cut it down, be simple. So eventually there was just a hat. So Carnival of Randomness, I'm Rob, Zach. Yo. And today, what the hell are you doing here still? Uh, well, <laughs> somebody left the chair here, so I just popped my butt right in. <laughs> but we're very, very lucky to have a very good vocalist. We have so much talent in Rochester. And there's another fine vocalist, songwriter, Amanda Stone. Hello. Thank you. Well, tell us a little about yourself. Oh, let's see. I'm a cancer. I like long walks on the beach. Um, no, uh, musician from Rochester, singer, songwriter. You like pina coladas. Do you oh, like... you know, I wouldldn't turn down a pina colada, that's for sure. That's been my problem. I haven't turned especially supple happy hours. Yeah. <laughs> Got my coffee, so that's always good, too. Yeah. No, um, I'm kind of a all over in Rochester right now, um, but I, I love what I do. I get to sing for a living and that's how did that come to you though i always that's one of my little things it's like a superhero origin story was Mm. there a point did you hear an album or when you were younger say wow this is really what i want to pursue you know so i i started taking uh voice and piano lessons around like seven i want to say um because i really liked singing i would sing around the house and so i finally started getting a little bit of um of lessons and the piano, you know, for as long as I've played, I'm not as fantastic as I would like. But the singing just, I loved it. That made you really good, though, it. because anybody who says they're not that good is always better than the people. Right, think right. Well, I believe that. I always think because anybody who doesn't think they can get better, when you think you're the greatest ever, oh, no, unless, I, unless you're gothic, toe I, I say I'm terrible and I am lousy. Right. <laughs> yes, sometimes it's true. But he's honest. Right? Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is true. I uh, My piano playing skills. Well, it's like, you know, like, Greg, you can always get better yeah. on your drums. I'm sure you try new styles and everything else. It's like it's not a you're not complete where you say I'm not going to try to get better and improve or anything. Well, you right. have to keep at it, yeah, because if you just do your favorite licks all the time, it just gets old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I used to play piano out, um, but I just don't enjoy it as much. I like being able to move around, I like being able to get lost in the song. I found when I played piano out, my fingers just stopped working at a certain point, you know, so <laughs> vocal really kind of took over and I started. Um, <laughs> I started singing in choir at church and, you know, all the school functions and national anthems and things like that. And it's just carried through. I ended up going to school for it. And That's funny because what I've heard, it's a trend, that so many musicians I've talked to lately, they sing in church. I was going to say. Oh, like, yeah. literally, a you could go to one church, the church there would be literally, this week, Hannah P.K., Mark Bradley... It would be like a rock show in church. It would be awesome. And I could see why. Because of gospel music. Because I know I liked old Sam Cooke. And a lot of those came out of gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really stretched the vocal cords and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of kids, that's your first real exposure to live music. You know, it was for me especially. Mm. It was someplace that my parents took me. And I actually got to 
hear and see live live stuff. I mean, my parents weren't rock concert going kind of people. So, you know, it was one of that, like, oh, well, I want to do that. That looks like a lot of you're fun. You're lucky you're not in my school you know? because I we just basically did Christmas quarter so we could skip class. Right, right. <laughs> and then we were up at the thing. And I admit I lip synced some of the stuff and yeah, everything. Yeah. And then I'm going, well, now as I'm going brown nosing for God, Santa better bring me a lot of goodies. <laughs> but well, you I, know, yeah. it, it's this whole thing with music in the schools and how it's eroding away. That bugs me because mm-hmm. I remember going in, in grade school, they took us to like the Eastman and we just, they put on some little stupid little RPO thing, light, RPO light, you know, of some sort. But, you know, as a, as a young kid, you're going, wow, and you hear all this, these sounds and, and how it goes together and it makes, and if you, if you have a musical brain, you know, it feeds into that. Yeah. And so I think it's a shame that they downplay art and music in school. Yeah, we had yeah. an quote, art class that we met in the basement. We worked with fabric crayons, and it wasn't scheduled. We would have it once, and it would go away. Then it would come back. And for music, we had one nun playing acoustic guitar one time, and a priest came in and tried to say Salisbury Hill was a recruitment song for the church. And I was saying, look, I've... And the scary part is for me, I I got in trouble one time because one of my teachers said she was a big Beatles fan and said George Harrison wrote Hey Jude. And I said, I kindly... But I'm, I'm, I was into music since I was a kid. And I'm like, I don't think Peter really meant it for that. Right. I think it's a, about this experience of seeing something. But I just shut up. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I think you know, with the school thing as well. I think it's good to have again that exposure to it to see a live performance and go, wow, that looks really interesting. Like that's something that maybe I want to do. You know, I think I think exposing kids to that early on really creates that passion and that drive and that love. And then if you actually get the opportunity to do it, and then you're like, oh. Yeah, like this is this is what I want to do. Right. This makes me feel. We amazing. went once, and I remember I was really transfixed by like the harp. Yeah, and you see, see what... maybe you were meant to be a harp player, and you just don't even know it. I'm a devil more than an angel. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> well, I had my accordion. You know, my dad had an accordion. I used to go to Sibley's and get those little horns or kazoo things and yeah. play those. I played some keyboards badly. I'm not yeah. the musical talent in the family. <laughs> but did you ever have, is there an album or a vocalist that you saw and saw, wow, this is somebody I sort of want to be like? Or did you just get your own style? Or was it a mix? Um, it was a little bit of a mix. But, I mean, when I was a little bit younger, I mean, Whitney Houston was probably, she was a, she was a big deal for me. Um, Christina Aguilera was an amazing vocalist. I mean, she still is an amazing vocalist. Um, Aretha Franklin. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely had singers that I loved singing their stuff. I loved listening to. Aretha always. I went to Toronto to see her. She was at the Jazz Fest. Yeah. Jammed, literally. It was at this little park thing. Didn't matter with her voice. Oh, yeah. You could have been. I think I could have just stayed here. I saw her at the Rochester Jazz Fest when she came. And it was, I mean, it was it sounds corny, but it, it was life-changing. It was just amazing to, to watch her. It is, though, and that's the thing I love about live music, too, and trying new artists like Jazz Fest or something. You go on the agenda and you look, and, like, John Mayer played here before he was John Mayer. Right. He opened. The headline didn't show up. He played a four-hour set. Wow. And imagine wow. you go back. The White Stripes played at a Bug Jar Festival. Imagine you can, you can always tell that story. Like, you know that band there? I saw them with... Ten people, right. and they right. blew the room out. Yeah. And I know your favorite yeah. vocalist is Marcel Marceau, right, Greg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's really cool. And Rochester definitely has a lot of amazing talent. And yeah, people 
people come through that are kind of nobody at the time, and and it's it's really cool to watch their their. Well, I see with too. like some of your music I listen to. You have a little jazz influence, or is that just me? Um, you know, it's really funny because my my style has morphed so much. Even this last year, this last year has just been a whirlwind for me, but in such an amazing way. Um, I I got a few speakeasy gigs um, down in Syracuse, so I started picking up that 1920s, 30s, 40s thing, you know. Nice. And then I'm I'm working with um, mm-hmm. you know this yeah. band over here, and I'm doing this genre, and I'm working with this band over here and doing this genre. So I've really had to learn a lot more material, but it's really cool because I do I really like seeing kind of Almost the bluesy, like Alana Miles, Black Velvet's one of my favorites to see. Saw her open for Robert Plant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you the other person that bought her CDs? Because I was like, <laughs> I know I did too. I, had I both, love. I mean, Rockin' I, Horse. That a couple. She did a couple. Yeah. Of CDs. Black Velvet was about. Albums. That yeah. was about Elvis. Yes. Yep. But what was the other one? Rocking Horse. Rocking Horse. She did yeah. an album called Rocking Horse. She's great. Well, I love to do. I love to do uh, games at my shows just to keep the audience, you know, engaged and intrigued. And I always tried to do artists. And nobody ever, ever gets it. These guys know? do it, too. Like, with some of his shows, they'll give away a CD if you could announce it. Right. And I just shut up because I know who I've been right. to <laughs> Yeah, but it's nice because somebody would not know who that is. They right. know the song. They're singing along to the song in the back of the room, but they have no right. idea many, who the artist is. How many is. times have we all done that? We're singing something. We have no clue who the hell yeah, sang it. What, what I hate yeah. the worst is one time, like, Trivial Pursuit, me and my friend are playing, and I hate when you blank on something that you know. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Uh, where did the Beatles start? In, in Cabin Club, obviously. You sit there. And I yeah. had that with songs. Like, when you played songs, like, when Susie's played them, like, who the heck is that by? Like, Baby, It's You. Right. And I would forget. Yeah. And then I, then I don't want to tell me. I, I know. I know who that song is by. You did a great version of. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Have you Thank ever heard the Beatles the version? The Beatles version of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have yeah. it on one of their songs. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say that you actually answered the question a little, my my really good friend Vicky, and this is something everybody should look to get involved in. She's doing some shows every month where it's called Being Out of Your Comfort Zone, where her punk, sort mm. of a punk grunge band, they did it, they did uh, acoustic with upright bass. Is there oh. some style you'd want to ever try? You sound like you've done most of oh them already. Oh, my gosh. I would do anything. I mean, really. Um, I've done musical theater. I've done, you know, it's just I like the new opportunity because it drives me to learn new stuff, to learn new styles, to hear music maybe I haven't heard before. So I like having that musical, you know, expansion in my brain of learning new stuff. It's always music, it's always great. Music to do. can make you go in other places. I remember I was yeah. at one cafe, I heard a Justin Bieber song, so I left and went somewhere right. else. Right. <laughs> it's like it definitely moves you. But like I call it I'll be you know, driving and I use the term I've always road. said music is a gateway drug in a good way. It's not the stuff that you end up, you know, on the street, you know, on the, the garbage can or something, need help. It's you found like I when I got Nick Lowe's Jesus of Cool. That took me because it was sort of pop, but sort of alternative. Right. Then you were something else. Then you were something else. Then you try this. Yeah. Then you try jazz, and you try. And I remember Bill Murray came here a couple years ago of all things, and what he did over a two and a half hour show, what he would do was read old like Mark Twain, and he, they would sing old American songs like Stephen Foster, Tales of the War, and all this stuff. Cool. And you can always find something else. Oh it's yeah. Always great. Yeah. 
You or, should get into. I'm sorry. You should get into the Tom Waits birthday tribute next year. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. <clears throat> That's coming up. Oh yeah, because he wants some good December. vocals for the drummer. Oh, okay. Because I'm the house drummer for it usually. Yeah. And we had a lot of good uh, women vocalists come up and do some songs. Susie did one. She did the piano's been drinking. And, oh, that's a great tune. <laughs> but but you know those kind of things. If you get get once you get into those things, those yeah. are fun because I've done those. I just came off the George Harrison birthday thing too. Nice. Nice. So, but I share that I like to do a lot of stuff too. Yeah. So it's nice. It, it keeps it fresh too. Yeah. But definitely look into those. Yeah. You would find like Tom Waits is something loves great songwriters yeah. like Nick Cave, Leonard Cohen, yeah. all those, and you can always interpret those some way. Well, and that's really cool too because I, you know, with the Speakeasy gig, they told us up front. They said the best bands, the ones with most success, are the ones that are taking popular tunes. And doing them in a jazz style. Right. You know, so we did um, Bad Guys by Billie Eilish, but we did it jazz. Ooh, you know, so it was taking, yes, but it's it's really fun because you can take great lyrics or take great roots of a song and you really can do them in any style as long as you have the right. musicians that can play along with you. But it's really, it's really cool and it, it, it keeps it fresh. You know, I, I that's kind of why I like playing with so many different groups. I've seen one of my favorite nice. versions of Sail On by the Commodores by the Super Suckers where they turn it into a country song. Yeah. And I listen yeah. to that one more than the sail on version. Yeah. <laughs> and also, but speaking of, speaking of speakeasies, good sentence, you can also do that. My friends in theater did Measure for Measure, this experiment play. They did it as a speakeasy in the 20s. And before it started, they were playing like Bye Bye Blackbird and oh, all these old yeah. songs. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. Yeah, it's really it's really neat. And and that way you're also going to engage maybe a new audience. Then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to give that song to a new audience that maybe never would go, well, I don't want to listen to jazz. Right. Well, you do this jazz song in this new way, and somebody's going to go, oh, wow, that's a rocking song. And then, you, you know, it's it's going to open their musical education. Well, that's like back too. in the 60s and 70s and when they had, like, you know, the Montavani strings, and all, all of a sudden they started doing Beatles songs and stuff. Yeah. All the long hair people, whatever, you know, all of a sudden they're oh, that's a nice, that's that's a nice tune. And, yeah. You know, if well, you sit words. with the Beatles, yeah. they'd be like, oh, I hate those yeah. guys. You know? Yeah. Well, Noel Coward hated them. No, and I think Noel was just bitter because they were usurping everything. Is Noel Coward had some really mean things to say about him, and I just think that he's probably you know getting a little older and maybe bitter because his style wasn't. Yeah, you know, like that or something. But you know, no matter what you do, there's going to be there's going to be people out there that love my music. There's going to be people out there that really dislike can't, my music. Can't you reach know? everybody. It, that's right. Can't. That's right. So even the Beatles, that you know, there's going to be people who are just like, yeah, no, I don't feel the Beatles, and it is what it is. But yeah. oh, know. some bands you just for some reason you just don't get for some reason. Yeah. It's, well, it's I always... think it's I think it's always a personal connection. You know, that's the one thing I love about music. If I can reach someone who has maybe a same thing that they're going through or can relate to one of my songs and can connect with one of my songs that that's but you ever have that somebody will come up to you after a show not greg probably (laughs) but (laughs) somebody will come up to you and say wow did you write that about me well now that i know because people always you know you know because people they everybody has a universal feelings right right you know and i was going to say we talked a lot about covers you've gotten you write a lot of your original stuff though yes well i i I integrate them and I keep them separate. Like I do Blonde for Blue, which is the cover band, but we do actually do a few of my originals in that band as well. Um, and then I have my actual original band. Um, but they're 
even from one band to another, the songs are very different sounding just because of the instrumentation and things like that. But yeah, it's it's really funny because sometimes the originals in the cover band get the most applause and then, you know, people are like, oh, that was a great suit. They think they know it. They're singing along to it and right. they're like, oh, that's amazing, you know, that they're singing my song. They don't really even know the song. But I, I haven't yet had somebody come up and be like, Said about me, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Not in a weird way, just right. like a universe. Like yeah. somebody's going yeah. through something. But they, and they still feel... might, they might sit there listening and internally say, "Wow, wow. she's got it. She understands what I've been through." Yeah. Because then, and then you walk away from that, going, "Wow, you know, maybe now I need to do something with, you know, that those feelings." I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It, it starts a process, yeah. and and I think, and Billy Joel even said that I think once he says, "You have to write about universal concepts," right? And that's how you reach the most people. masses of people yeah yeah and do they find you sometimes because i always use the example like my friend greg townsend he said he's jiving out there's a science says atm inside it became the song atm inside <laughs> oh, <laughs> he did the right. ones he sees somebody at night throw a cigarette out of the car <laughs> became sparks on the highway right and otherwise a lot of things come from personal experiences too yeah I'm sure. i i you know i really draw from mostly my experiences i haven't had a generic one like that come in a while um sometimes i write about other people that are very close to me things that i know that they're going through um but yeah i mean it's funny inspiration can come really from anywhere and, from and yeah i Every... mean if, if you're just in the mood to write and you think of that one great line and it creates a whole song you know so and that's one thing i was going to talk about too and i've been asking you this through you can answer this too, Greg, if you want. Uh, doing videos now, and I always say, I use the example of Tom Petty's Don't Come Around Here No More, where he said, it's a very, if you listen to it, it's a dark, serious song, but you look at that video with, I'm sure you've seen it with Alice in Wonderland, and he gets the hat out during the show, and it changed the meaning. And you try, right. sort of try to stick to like the theme of your song, you just say, let people interpret what they're going to interpret. Yeah, I mean... I wrote the song for a specific meaning, and it has a certain feel and a certain weight to it for me. And I think that's Seal is one of my favorites who wrote, you know, I don't put the lyrics in my album for a reason because people are going to hear what they're going to connect with. Mm. If they sing that wrong lyric, it's because in their mind it's saying something else to them, and it's why they're relating and connecting with the song. That's interesting. So yeah. I think people are going to relate to it and find those things, and maybe it will have a completely different meaning for them. It's going to it's gonna take on a meaning that's makes sense in their life. Do you enjoy you know? shooting videos? Uh, I don't they're, you know, they're... it's like, I bet this ham actor here, if you ever do it, you probably enjoy them. It's a laborious process. It, yeah. I love the use of the word laborious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Big words today on the carnival. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's not bad. I, I worked with a really, really great guy. Uh, Johnny Q did the video, and he was wonderful. But, you know, as much as I get my photo taken and videos, I'm always kind of a little, oh, there's another photo. You know, it's it's kind of weird. It's nature of the beast. Yeah, you know, it's your job. it is. And everybody's like, you've got to be used to it. I look I'm at like, some of my friends, it, but... and I go, I know some of my friends who are very, very shy, and they have to... Do all this stuff. I like photo shoots myself. I, I think they're fun. Yeah. You look like real, like your one with Brian for the donation one. You look so serious and macho. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yeah, but then I look at these like friends of mine. They go, "That's not them." Yeah. Well, and that's it too. Like, I mean, it's one thing to pose for a photo shoot. You know, your hair looks all pretty, and it's another to be caught 
in the middle of a show making a super ugly face because you're just reaching for that note. And yeah, yeah. I have There goes the snot on the drum. There goes the snot on the drum set or whatever. But I remember, like, I've done some films, and we have. I always say, you think it's glamorous. We did one shot for four hours where we had to sit in a restaurant. And I was just playing an extra, doing my Hitchcock thing. So this is so glamorous. Just to get a shot done, we had to do this four hours. And I said, if you really watch it, we had this dessert. And it was like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And you could see. But it's not all, like, glamour. It could be a lot of, like, sitting around. It's a lot of Whereas, like, music, I mean, you're... You're rolling. <laughs> well, the video that we did was was just me, and then my husband actually is the male in the video. Um, and, you know, Johnny was really quick and good. I mean, we did a few takes. We did one take in different locations. I mean, we, we did a few hours worth of stuff, but, um, you know, he, he did a lot of it in post-production and editing right. and just took the best shots from each location and kind of pieced them together. The one thing I will say that was unenjoyable was that we shot it down in Webster by the water, and it's beautiful. And I'm wearing this cute little dress Windy. with no sleeves, mm. yeah. and it was cold. Yeah. It was I, really, I saw it actually. really <laughs> cold. So it looks like this beautiful summer day. Right. It was not yet quite summer, and it was a little Well, you know what, though? Cold. She brings up a good point. Editing is the real art of yeah. any kind of filmmaking. Yeah, it really is. I can, I, yes, I could say if that. If you look at bad filmmaker. editing, like where things just jump to something... It's, yeah. it's Ed a, Wood. It, it's an art, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps the the storytelling going. And you're telling it? a story. Yeah, absolutely. Linked with the song. Yes. And I think they also too is to find a good collaborator. You find the right filmmaker. Yeah. You don't want, I mean, if you find somebody who's like, okay, we're going to do this abstract. You're just going to throw paint on each other and right, watch right. stuff run by, and people are going to be. It's a statement. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got to find somebody who has who understands the vision that you're trying to portray, right. you know, or or even takes it to that next level, or you know, suggests things, and you're like, yeah, that's that's cool. So, well, you are. How many bands do you have now? Right now, I'm. We don't. We only can. This, we have no like time limit on this. So, <laughs> no, um, wow, I thought I was the only go one. Go get takeout. Yeah. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah, no. That, by the way, that's the Rochester. As I've said back in the day, I'm old and ancient years ago it would be one person one band right. now it's a law i think i actually yelled at one of my friends because he's only in one band and they yeah. said, you're out of here move i used to get a lot of grief for being in a lot of projects yeah. and now yeah now you chickens were... come home to roost and everybody's going how do you get all these gigs i said because i answer the phone and i say okay right right yeah <laughs> you know and it's like you gotta, you can't just stick with one thing. It's you only so answer hard. the phone because yeah. you want to do that serial commercial, and you're hoping they'll call from That's Captain right. Front. <laughs> and you, just, you say yes. And, oh, I I agreed. Did you ever do that? I did. You ever do that though? I agreed to do what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, why am I here? Yeah. So I swear, I've always said I'm the only person in Rochester not in a band or in the film industry. Right. <laughs> There's a lot. There's I, a lot. I, I. But how many are you know? in? Oh. Like. I run four right now. I have a very beautifully who's, colored who's ahead? calendar. <laughs> Probably her. Yeah, it's a uh, it's hard work sometimes keeping them, you know, lined up correctly. Like I I had to leave uh, Brass Taxi last year. I loved Brass Taxi. It's a great group of guys. Wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful to play. High energy. For them once. Tons of fun. Yeah. But you know, I was trying. Uh, let me back up. I do this for a living. Like I homeschool my daughter Monday through Friday. I have a couple other little side jobs, but this is my source of income. This is how I support my family. This is how I support. So I need to work. 
I love to work, don't get me wrong. I love my job, I get paid to sing, it's fantastic. But at the end of the day, I need the paycheck. My budget's screwed if I don't do gigs. Right. And I, I tell so, people, that's why the one thing I am serious, we, we were late on here, but I'm very serious about people where I say, if you enjoy these musicians, buy their stuff. It's yeah. not yeah. like, that's where they, the don't get, they don't write up, the shirts, you know, don't burn, if you want, what I always do, if I like something, or I think a friend will, I will buy extra copies and say, here, try this out because I'm not going to burn it. Right. You know, go right. do that for like some ten million dollars. Yeah. You know, because it's you know you don't realize they don't pull up in limousines. Right. You know, it's and it's your living. Are not it is a living. To make no. At all. Yeah. But it's a living though. It's like it's yeah. it's a job. It might be enjoy it's very enjoyable. They they love it. Right. But still, they got to pay the bills. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's why you know it, it it came down to where I was booking so much of Blonde Over Blue and my original stuff and working with you know so it became a conflict of interest where. You know, they weren't able to play as much as they would have liked because right. I was kind of blocking it out. But at the same time, I needed to do what I needed to do. So it, it works out now because, you know, Blonde Over Blue is mine. Um, Amanda Stone and the BBE is mine. And I do all the booking. So I line up my calendar really nice. <laughs> well, so I, it's amazing. Know. Some people, like some of my friends, they'll be touring with one band, come back with another, yes. play another. But yes. I've always wondered if any of you guys, so you're in so many bands, I, I'm at... I feel sorry for whoever does it, but I want to see it. I want to see somebody like do the wrong song from a different band say, when they're in the I've done that with endings. Yeah, <laughs> like we have yes. a lot of cover songs and it's different bands, and yep. you go, okay, who ends it like this? And the I format, go, the format's yeah. just enough <laughs> off and, where it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's gotten confusing yep. sometimes. Like, damn it, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is I always say covers versus originals. There's always, I yeah. think, a passion with the originals. Yeah. But I think the key to the cover. Now, if you're in one of those, what do you call them, tribute bands, or the, then you can you're supposed to do them no no. But otherwise, I think the key is you make them your own. Well, I don't think you have a choice. You know, like Blonde Over Blue, we are a trio. It's it's keyboards, it's drums, it's myself. So we are not going to play any song that we do like the original because we can't we right. physically can't you know so i think no matter what it's going to be our own we change endings and things we change solos you have to yeah. so it is inevitably going to become your own you know absolutely but i think every band you know makes them their own in a way and i always think know? the key for me is always the way to do it it's like dylan said hendrix's watchtower that's the one to listen to. It's like, I'd love to say, well, I love their version, but that cover even takes it to another. Yeah. But you even, even the original artists, you know, Aretha changed respect. She would right. do it different at different shows. Dylan you find did every, every show Dylan does. Because right. when I saw Dylan, every show, you would sit there watching Bob Dylan going, okay, I've heard, what the heck is that? He, he, he changes the songs like he does yeah. like a Rolling Stone because how many times has he played it? That's, that's the one thing I've always wanted to ask somebody. It's like, I know you, you had a hit back in 1960 and here it is, 2000, right. and you're still playing the same song. Like, how does that feel to do that? The Beach Boys. You know, yeah, they're still doing, I mean, they're still writing, which is fantastic, but no matter how much new stuff they put out, people still want to hear that song, I know, you but know? I think if I was them, I would take it as a compliment, right? That you know 50 I mean? years after the fact, oh, absolutely, it's still relevant. Well, I remember but I'd be I tired of playing it. At I, that point? I saw Duran Duran, <laughs> I saw Duran Duran one time, and they put a new album, Astronaut, out. And Simon comes out and he says, Oh, don't worry, we're gonna play the old stuff, but they want to play some people will say, I don't want to do this unless we do new material as well other right. people but then don't ever be like pete townsend of the who where there's an interview with him where he says i played this stuff because people like it i don't enjoy it at all well and that's it yeah it's yeah. gotta get 
I mean, I think that's why too. When they do live version and stuff, they're they're mixing it up because I think it's more for themselves than anything. It's you know? a very good point, I, though. I had an experience like that when I was in uh, Atlantic City with a show band. I did that for a few years. I went to Europe and stuff like that. So it was. I walked into this band and they already had all this stuff booked. So right, <laughs> it was, was kind of nice. nice. That's nice. Yeah. But but we did a show and Gary Puckett was playing with his. With, he had his brothers from the. Remember the the Union Gap. Yeah. Okay, so he had his brothers. A couple of his brothers, and they were had another band, and he was writing some new stuff. And I got to talk to him because we all went out for beers or something after. It was kind of fun. But he says, "Yeah, you know, I'm trying to do this new stuff, and everybody just wants to hear, you know." And it's very, it was kind of he was kind of bummed about. It. I mean, yeah. it, you're always fighting that, yeah, because you know it's people don't get it. I mean, you're trying to move on, and they've got you on a snapshot, right, in Absolutely. their head, and you know that's why well, these nostalgia things. You must just these guys go out there. I'm sure they're just they get they take the money and run. I've seen that. I've seen there was some bands where they're very good musicians, but you could see they're going through the motions. Yeah, I know. Like Robert Plant, for example, when they did that reunion show, he finally agreed to do Stairway to Heaven just in the middle of the set. He said he doesn't want to play it, and it's just something. It was I'm a different person now. Well, yeah, and if He's you can't if you can't relate to the song anymore, I mean, it's probably changed so much for him that right. it's, if you can't connect with your own original music anymore because you've changed so much, it's got to be hard to perform those songs, especially with the passion that the crowd wants with right. them, because to them they are still those songs. It's still you know that I mean? person hearing yeah. his favorite song, and then, right? And then people walk away, go, oh, "Man, you didn't put nothing into it." Yeah, it's like, yeah, and then, yeah. It's, and then you're screwed either way. And then the other <laughs> one too is you're always going to have those people who you might put on a great set, but. Why didn't you play? You didn't play that one. Right. Well, and I think that's hard for bands, too. I mean, there are, there are some amazing bands that have been around a long time, but then you get those one-hit wonders that, you know, uh, I'll say, like, Alanis Morissette, for one. Yeah. Like, Jagged Little Pill. That's her album. Right. That made her. That was her. You know, anything she's done subsequent is like, meh, but people want to yeah, hear right. that album. So, so she for, did an acoustic version of it, I think, recently. Yeah. But, uh, but that's it. Like, for that artist... Usually an artist has that one album that right. is just the best that that band has been, the best that the artist has written. They have that one album that just knocks it out of the park. you know. And then you have Rolling Stones and things like that who are writing constantly and, and right. doing that constantly. But for a lot of bands, it's that one album. And that's the album they're going to play the rest of their life. And right. some of them, you know, know, maybe they'll go in a way they'll look at it go, it's nice to be remembered for something. And you might think, Damn, those are some pretty good songs. Right. But after a while, it's like if you have your favorite food every day, you're going to want something else. Yeah, absolutely. Although I could live on pizza. Uh, yeah, yes. most, <laughs> no pineapple, though, right? No, no pineapple. They put cherries on pizza now, I guess, too, in some places. Really? Yeah, oh You don't gosh. have to eat them. I think people just need to calm down about the pineapple. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> scorpions, actually. Like they put scorpions on pizza at one place, too. <laughs> We're going to have a dare on this show. Greg's going to if you can, If you, if you no, can thanks. justify putting arugula, the worst thing ever created by Satan, on, on food and call it a food, then yeah. pineapple can go on pizza. That's but right, let's, yeah. Let's talk yeah. a little about the CDs and everything. And I always say, going again way, way back when, I always used to say that some bands, they were great around here, but they would sound what I call local because of the recording techniques years ago. Uh. Now I think it's amazing, like for doing films, recording, you can get about sound but the whole process do you enjoy the process and everything and yeah you know the first album um full moon took a really long time um it was it was piecemeal it was little by little and it took a lot of a lot of studio time um the second album i was so blessed to work with john bellick um 
he produced the album and he was just, he's masterful. He's a master of his craft. And I came to him with like these bare boned, you know, shoddy piano tunes and he really just worked his magic. And I had amazing musicians that come and sit in and it was such a new experience for me and it was such a learning experience for me. Um, I absolutely loved it. I the loved magic of the studio, huh? I love recording. It's, it's yeah. a blast. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily studio magic, but he gave me insights because he, right. he really is masterful. And he's like, you know, do this lyric kind of like this. Right. You know, and it was just enough where it it, it kind of changed my singing style a little bit because I was like, oh, it sounds so much better, well, so much Because they're different. actually listening to it and you're just... There, it's yours, but you're not interpreting it because when they listen to it, a good producer hears all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's the neat part. Yeah. And it's funny hearing yourself back. You're like, that's not what I sound like. That's still that weird to me. That's you why know? I admit I rarely listen I, to these. I never listen to that. And all the writing I did, I never read anything I ever wrote. Really? But what I would do is I would have somebody read it to me. Oh, yeah. And see how they would read it. So it's kind of like when yeah. the producer hears it, they're hearing it from a different perspective. From a different perspective. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. But that's how they were interpreting it. Right. Like, ah. Or even yeah. like doing films. I can watch the, the films I've dabbled in because I'm really not in them. But also, you can catch the behind the scenes. Like, oh, that's a real serious moment. Remember when they were shooting the scene and you coughed and blew the snot all over and we had to cut it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That never happened. No, that the the Lust and Love album was was an amazing process. Um and I, I was so fortunate in, in so many, so many ways. Are you freezing here? This is the same thing as the video. No, that was actually a warm day. The, <laughs> okay. the photo on the cover was it was a warm day. It was a little breezy. Again, we did it down by the water. Um but uh now see that's an interesting well obviously this is radio, but <laughs> Your hair we're, is in no, front we'll of your it face. Yeah. So a lot of people would say, well, I don't want that picture because you can't see uh, my face. Yeah. It leaves and, an air of mystery. <laughs> right, right. But it's a cool picture because it's it's got movement. It has, you right. know. It's dynamic. It's interesting. Oh, you yeah. will yeah. see it. We'll put a picture. We'll put a picture yeah, up I'll, with I'll it, too. But the thing about that, that's, I guess, goes back to the Beatles' Abbey Road album where the shot they showed in the back when the woman walking by, that wasn't planned. They did a bunch of them. But then... The woman just walked by, oblivious, and they said, hey, that's the best shot. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the best one is the one that has the weird thing in it. Right. Well, right. you know, and I, I didn't want a high school photo where I'm staring right. at the yeah. camera and doing like, hey, you know. You know, it most likely little... to sell this album. Right, right. You know, <laughs> or, or folding your arms yeah. and looking all serious. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah. your back up against the There's always, you. you know, I use the term bands waiting in line for the bus. You ever look like an album yeah, cover? Right. These guys, they're <laughs> waiting in line for the bus yeah. not here. That's all you do. Because not, not far from where I live, there's a, there's an old barn. You've seen it. The Knickerbocker. Yeah. It's a prime photo spot. Oh, yeah. So every time I drive by, especially in the fall, there's always people out there taking pictures, and they all look the same, like staring up into the sky as if pontificating or pondering the wor- the wonders of the universe. Like, yeah. Like, dude, you're in front of a barn. Yeah. Now, oh, the man. one I get I always is... hard for you, album covers. You forget that one is the one... By where you live, there's a huge sunflower field, and you drive oh, by the there's sunflowers. tons yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I would dress up like as Judy Garland or one of the characters of Oz. And I mean, man, that 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 it was like two acres of just sunflowers, oh, and cars cool. would stop for miles. Oh, yeah. Remember by Menden? Yeah. Is that the? If you go down kinda, by like yeah. Clover, yeah. It's, yeah. By, it's off Clover, but the guy has to rotate the field because it destroys the soil. But you see all the car. You have to watch out. You don't hit a car because they park there, and all the people are. I would just be like, you know, you had to do something fun with this. 
I saw I saw that one. Yeah, so I mean, cool. I, it, he moved it. I don't know where, what field he's going to have it in this year. I haven't talked to him. Yeah, he's a they'll little, find it. Oh, you know, he's going to he's going to put some because well, you know, there's he says always, every year, every out, year he does. Out on one hundred and four, especially too. There's always those like old rusty tractors or something in out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I always think, man, what a great spot to do a, a band shot. Right. Because yeah. it's you just know, something it's, it's rusty old thing, school there. bus or something, you know, and just kind of, it says something. I don't know. And then the well, weird guy comes out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one was a little easier because when I did the album, I didn't have a quote unquote band at that point. I had amazing studio musicians who came in and, and recorded. So it wasn't until after the album that I, you know, put together an actual band to play the music. Um, so it was easier because there wasn't a band to shoot. It was just me at that point. So it was easy right. just to do a photo of myself. But band photos, yeah, they're tricky. Because you, you want to convey the feel of your music through a photo, which is really, really hard to do. Yeah. 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 Unless you get, like, live shots and then... When, or, we, yeah. when we get done, I'll show you the Anonymous Willpower CD. Yeah. And, uh, that's interesting because what they did was they just took different pictures that we just... She goes, send me some pictures. So I sent, like, a picture of... Well, you'll see it. But everybody just sent in these different pictures. And it's not a band... They're not band shots. They're just shots. Yeah, yeah. And, and they changed the background colors a little bit. And so it's just... It shows your personality more than anything else yeah you know? that's my i'm one of those record people too because this is these are cool covers yeah. and that was always the idea of the record where it's like you can look at it as like the old yes album covers right. it was always you would and when they were cheaper too Roger just go and buy a stack yeah. of them yeah. because yeah. of the covers yeah. that's how you get in there and this like catches the eye and everything and i always say keep it simple you don't want tons of yeah. and i always look for like animals in the background of the like nature shots right. that looks like a, is that a, that a looks like a little baby almost but it's not it's like a doll no, it's a rock though. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. The title. Yeah. So are you are you talking about the differences between the two emotions or the two things or the joining of them? Or is it mm. that they go hand in Deep hand? Greg, all the time? Well, I'm just curious. It's, it's kind of everything that's written about on the album. So there are songs about love, like the one about my daughter called Ella's Song. Um, and then there's some lust songs on there as well. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it was funny. My drummer goes, we're going to play the Dirty Girl song. I'm like, <laughs> which one is that? He goes, they're all Dirty Girl songs, Amanda. I'm like, oh, I Lord. know. Um, but no, it's they're just they're kind of all about lust and love. And um, I was kind of in a um, finding myself kind of point of my life. And um no, it's so honest. It's I'm of, just yeah, yeah. Isn't it beautiful therapy though when you can get it all out and everything? Uh, it's just amazing. It's so Sometimes I wonder. Some people write stuff so personal. I'm like, I really. But I love like, like I one of my friends wrote one song. She told me it was about. It's like, what is that? It's really. I can relate to that one. And she said, Oh, that's about somebody I just never want to see again. Well, it's not a. <laughs> right. Well, and that's it. That you know, that's that whole. It's going to take on the meaning that that you feel. Right. But yeah, they're. I mean, they're all personal experiences. Personal. You know, feelings, things that I've gone through. Um, yeah, and you just hope somebody else can relate to them. You as really well. can't have one without the other, though. Right? No, I you mean, really can't. You really have to have both lust and love to make it all complete experience. Yeah, they're very so, intertwined. Well, look at this. We got yeah. a philosopher. Join us next week. Why don't you go through the platonic <laughs> versions of love? The friendly ones, the the lust ones, the love yeah, ones. Yeah. Let's just get, let's just have the whole audience have Did to go grab like the books. Did you like your mother? <laughs> 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 or did you ever see actually Art School Confidential? 
Have you ever seen our school confidential? No. Okay, the one teacher, it just made me think of it. Anybody would write like this one kid that's all like these scribbles. Any bad thing, she would just go, did something happen with your father? Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you having troubles, inner turmoil? And then yeah. gigs, and uh, I've seen, I think you really, again, it's, you enjoy performing. Oh, you I love, love it. it. You can, and love I always it. say, you can tell, you can tell. Yeah. It's like, and one of the things I was going to say, if you had any like, what experience we have for musicians any interesting because he brought the reason i'm bringing this up is he mentioned tractors one of my friends got a gig his band at the allen tractor pole and he said you've never seen anything like a tractor parade but it's amazing it right. wasn't awesome to open up and say okay we're gonna do this and then you go see the tractor parade yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah I've, we, i mean we've had some weird gigs before i played on flatbeds of of semi trucks in the middle of a field. Steve Whitbeck yeah, did for I mean, Halloween. I think we've all I think we've all had our moving? fair share. No, stationary. <laughs> I mean, when we got it rocking, it it was it was moving around, but it didn't roll anywhere. Thank goodness. I did some but, weird um, gig in the winter down in Charlotte in a in pavilion when they had hay bales and ice, and we were, I was like, "What are you?" I think rude. it might have been the polar plunge. I don't know oh, what it was. What did your hands? But we were, I was, and I'm playing with gloves on. You oh know, yeah. Like, Whitbeck said that he that they played with band Tombstone hands. They played at uh, one of the pumpkin farms. They dressed up, and he said it was great. Everybody, yeah. but he said he was freezing. Yeah, I've done a, I did a gig with Twilight, which is another band I play with, and um, oh, I know they uh, they were doing this place in Buffalo, and it was it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And they had us kind of outside, and it was blocked in, but there was no heaters. Oh, I did wow. the yeah. entire show in my coat because it was right. it was freezing out. You could see your breath. Twilight, the band. Like, See yes, the band, not yes. the movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know how. And for me, it's it's the weather definitely affects your voice, and it's harder oh, yeah. to sing in the cold. But I don't know how the guitar players yeah. do it when your fingers start Steel to go numb. I've oh, asked that. Gosh. I've actually asked friends of mine about that. Does, does it affect your drum set? Because I've asked friends about their guitars, how not like drums, yeah. a little, especially like my friend Greg Townsend. He has an old silver tone from the '60s, and it really. I mean, it affects everything. It has to. There's no way it can't. You know what I mean? But I always give this example. I've used it tons of times on here. You've heard it before. Whoever listens, he's Carl, the country oh, I love songwriter. Him. He's great. I love him. But his, he started out at a bar in Galveston. Okay. So he starts out playing happy hours on Wednesdays. <laughs> so the ad for him was... Wednesday happy hours for six dollars. A pitcher of beer, a bucket of wings, and he's Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's good Could promotion you right there. Okay. I would have been there. <laughs> pizza. Amanda Stowe. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then you get the pizza. Oh my you, know, gosh, you, you were talking awesome. about the uh, 20s stuff. Does anybody remember the old Penny Arcade on Lake Avenue? Of right? course. It used to be a Shakey's Pizza Parlor. Oh, really? And that was done, and that was, there was a, I think there was a show. If I remember correctly, I believe it was NBC. It was some sort of, a, but the guy had the striped shirt and the armband and the the, the straw hat, and he's playing all these ragtime type stuff. And then Shakey's Pizza was supposed to be like a chain of things like that. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and it was, it was interesting. You know, I mean, it's yeah. too bad it's not there. And there's probably one around someplace. Yeah. I love Gotta the speakeasy be. we did in, um, in Syracuse. It's called the Fritz. But it's, it's a restaurant upstairs. And literally, you have to go into the restaurant, and there's a door in the corner, unmarked. A door. How cool. That's it. And it goes down into the basement. Do you have a password? There's no password. You just got to find the door, (laughs) which is a a struggle sometimes. But yeah, it goes right down into the basement, and it's just this amazing vibe. It's very, very cool. But like true speakeasy fashion. Like it's not like 
Come down. There was the one bar where they had awesome. a theater on top, but you would awesome. have to look for it, and you would feel like an idiot looking around, right, finally right. going, where is it? I didn't realize Syracuse had some cool stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, There's actually a building at Fairport, the right. old Green Lantern. They used to have a thing in the basement, too. Yeah. And I like that. I like that Spocky Oats. The only thing they need is, but it would probably goof people up, but like knock on the door. Right, and right. say whatever you want. But right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy stands there, and he's all in attire, and like wow. the, everybody dresses, and huh. yeah, it's pretty That's cool. That's what I love about pretty music, cool. though, because you can go... There's no end where you can go. Right. You can go so many different ways and places, and who knows what you'll be doing yeah. years from now. Yeah. I even like, you know, doing the gigs I do. Sometimes we'll have a sub come in, and they know different songs. You know, so it, it even changes up the set list then, and it, it gives a whole different feel to the music when you have different players with you. You know, so it's very, it's very cool. Yeah, everybody inspires different things. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And everybody else has their own strengths and weaknesses, so they always bring something a little different. I mean, I had I had sub drummers for a lot, for about a year and a half or so with Anonymous Willpower because I had so many other gigs, and I was lucky they didn't get rid of me, but they, you know, they hung on because, you know, I was... Like to think I'm an integral part of the band, you know. But I tossed them a couple bucks. <laughs> so anyway, one guy recorded one of the drum parts on one on one of the CDs, and I I liked what he played, so I just copied that. Yeah. Because I was having a little trouble. I said, eh, I don't like what I'm playing, so I just oh he's playing what he's playing sounds great, so yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> You never know. Sometimes you know? somebody, because we're all different and we all take a different perspective, and you might get right. something and, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's whatever works for the songs, mostly. You yeah. know, you can't have your own little, too much ego is no good. No, because it's you're shutting out the possibilities. Then right. If you add a G and it's a waffle, it's good. Otherwise, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you, we can find you all over the place. I know I've seen you, you at can. Love and Cup. Plug time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm everywhere. Is that um, your? Is that your website? Come, I'm gonna that have to is. Come listen yeah. to you guys. Yeah. You should. Nobody I've had on here I haven't heard or seen. Yeah. I don't want to get somebody on here and say, "Why can't you have them on?" Were... Yeah. Well, it's good to know who you're you're interviewing. Yeah. But um. I like to do things, different things when I don't have to do gigs. Like, let's go ahead and hear a band. Oh, right. Something different. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or as I'm like, I always go, what's playing tonight? I'm going to go see this. That's how you find new people and yeah. everything. You go see who's playing here. Wow, I've heard a little bit about them, and I'll go see them. And It's fun to be a drunk patron once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I find that's or like, just drunk. Yeah. I find that's like my hardest thing, though. Is because I work so much. It's so hard for me to get out and see right. other musicians, I, you know. Really, and I'm I'm a mom, so it's it's really. Hard I got a, on a I, I got a feeling about that. My ten, my friend Todd Bradley was playing, and Greg Townsend was out with me, and he plays. It was weird just watching. And the thing was, they started bantering, but it's like being the spectator. Right. It's cool. Yeah. Or if you see somebody at a show you really like to see, you don't have to go up there or anything for yeah. once, which is kind of neat. Yeah, I you know it's funny because I know a lot of people who go out with the intention of like, well, I'm gonna go see this band because they'll call me up and I'll get to go play a song. Right. But I don't think you should go out with that intention. I think you should go out just to, I support, admit, to support you, people. You want to make the audience feel part of it, but I paid or I went to see you to hear you. I don't want somebody pulling the mic down on right. me. It's like, if if I was going to sing, nobody would be here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Rob Halford would do that where he'd have the audience sing like the whole song. Uh, it's like, yeah. you 
that's why you're up there. Yeah. And you I mean you can engage the audience, but you know, the audience perspiration time, you know, clap, whatever else. Yeah. But no, you play. I don't want to get called. Don't ever any of you call me up there. <laughs> Susie embarrasses me enough when I announce it because she'll announce me in the crowd like she did the daily refresher. I'm like, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I know I didn't even get up to the bar to get a drink, and she's like, You want to play? I'm like, What? Yeah. I just walked in the door. Yeah. She got me yeah. at the daily refresher. She starts introducing Rob yeah. Schwartz in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I'll have to tell you though, it's amazing to be able to go support other musicians. I love being able to do it when I'm able to do it. Right. Um, because in turn, I it's so amazing when, you know, a fellow musician comes to support me as well. It means so much, you know, to have my peers come out um, to support you know, to support me. It, it means a lot. That's actually so. Stan Merrill said that about Anonymous with Mill Part of me one time. He was telling a friend to come down. He goes, this is the band other musicians come to see play. Well, that's really nice. He said that. No, he did really. Stan, the man said that because this was many years ago. So who knows what incarnation it yeah. was. Well, we've been doing it a long time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, you strive to create a sound and just kind of stay true to it. I mean, yeah. that's all you can say. Yeah. Which is what you're, I'm sure you're doing. Yeah. So. That's cool. The work can we catch you summing up soon? Where can oh, we find man. you all over? I know there's tons of places. Yeah, like this Friday we're at the beer market. This Saturday we're at Flaherty's in Macedon. But um, the website, the www.amandastone.rocks, I actually have all four bands running. So you can see what band and where and what time. Where's the beer market? Um, that's College Town. It's down uh, U of R, right? Mount 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 yeah. What day is that? Friday. This yeah. coming Friday? Yeah. I might okay. be able to go to that. Yeah. I'll that's be close, there. That's close enough to this. <laughs> that would be, you'll be there. You're not like, you're yeah. not like George band, Jones of Rockstar. Yeah, you you don't show up for gigs. No, I, you know, <laughs> it was funny because last night I thought we were at the beer market and we were actually out in Embark and I, uh. Where are you I, guys? Kind of, yeah, I kind of just checked it last minute and I'm like, oh, I'm in, not in that spot. Would you imagine having all these bands going out somewhere where you're not supposed to play? You think you're, it's open mic and you just go up there and hog it because you think you're supposed to be playing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but then you're late to wherever you're supposed to be. Right. That's not good. Yeah. I'm no, so... I, I, I haven't gotten to the point where I haven't shown up, which is good. <laughs> I'd have to try that because I haven't been there. I mean, I used to actually went to U of R for a bit. Yeah. And it's a, it's that's why nice I don't want to go back around yeah, there. It, it, yeah. when well, I as long was as it's there, not Henrietta. It, I like, I'd rather it, be in the city. No, yeah. when, yeah. I, when I was there, there was no college town. That was yeah. it. Ghetto Ash Wegmans. Yeah, it was awesome. It's changed a lot. There was record archive over... Yeah, there was a record archive across the street. There was a meat department at Wegmans working. I heard that U of R actually bought all of (laughs) it. Yeah, they bought everything. They own a lot. They own a lot of property. Yeah, they tore down the the gas station. They tore down the Wegmans. Turned it into parking. And then College Town came in. And then you're all over. I mean, pretty much the thing is, we can find you everywhere on your page. Yes. Links below. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. Apple Music. That is the beauty of nowadays to get these things out because before it was word of mouth maybe you got on yeah. some things now right. you can get the product out yeah the, the only downside i would say to that is so can everybody that's else. yes exactly you know, so spotify is flooded itunes is flooded right. I mean, there's so all many the idiots with podcasts my gosh <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's i mean it's amazing in some regards but yeah it's you know still what i always say that's the one that is there's always an upside and a downside the evil bedroom and, musicians <laughs> and the thing yeah you find a lot of stuff's not very good a lot of and you have to wade through a lot of stuff yeah. too because there's so much noise yeah number three million two hundred eighty seven thousand four hundred fifteen on the list yeah. number one in your hearts <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it is it's it's really hard you and know? we're going to play a song by that's you which one would you like to play and you can introduce it 
it so I don't screw it up. All right. Especially because um, I can't read this writing there good yeah. with my contacts and I haven't slept. <laughs> um, we'll do Shame on You. Uh, what did I do? That's a fun one. <laughs> You will. You'll hear. Oh. <laughs> ah, what um, did I know? I didn't. I was up late, but I don't think I did anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wrote it about me yeah, yesterday. Sh shame on you. And see, these are these are fun too because you know, I, you get them in the studio, and I had a certain format, and then uh, they got taken over, and a you know, bridge section got added, and it, they kind of morphed in the studio a little bit. So, um, but I like shame on you. You ever you try? That's one that's thing I'll end with a little bit. Alternative versions sometimes, where I always say one of my favorites, Elvis Costello's accents will happen i have the alternative where he plays it on the piano oh, you yeah. can do that sometimes where you have a big like fast song you could slow it down oh, it's all yeah. all kinds of fun remix stuff you versions can do. Yep. yeah <laughs> i had a weird uh, thing like that i sent the song out to this publisher and he sent it back to me and he put it and it was a happy kind of a bouncy song and he put it in a minor key he changed the whole feel of it he took the bridge out yeah. And I listened to it. It's like, wow, it's it's still my song. It's interesting. But yeah. it's like, wow, it's like, you don't think, I never would have thought of it that way. Right, right. And now I'm wondering, well, if I ever do it again, I wonder if I should bring should it back that do it like that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well I do have one outtake from that that I, that I have personally. And uh, my daughter came to the studio a lot with me because, like I said, I homeschool her and she's with me a lot. Um, so she spent lots of time hanging out in the studio playing video games and whatnot. Um, but I got her to sing the chorus on nice. Ella's song with me. So I have Old a version. Old Lang Syne did one with the kids. I have kids. a version it's, with, with her. There's nice one. Old Lang Syne did one with their children on it. That's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. See, I and I didn't release it. It's kind of more for me. But yeah, right. that's... It's um, it's that's cool. Amazing. Well, Greg is glad we had that guy from Soda Skimmy's poll. We reeled you in while you were buying donuts and pulled you in the studio. That's right. <laughs> Thank you really much for being here, here oh, and thanks everything. For having me. And it was great. cool. And we will play a uh, shame on shame on you. Yeah, it sounds great. Shame on somebody else, please. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Rob, bye bye. Rob's gonna go collapse now. Yeah. <laughs>